This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, time for the racing show. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top trainers. Top jockeys. Plus all the news. So if racing's your game, this is the programme for you. Welcome to The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. We've got another action-filled programme for you tonight. And let's start off by popping over to Mike Padden with all the news from The Racing Post. Hello and welcome to all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. And we begin with our first story. The newly announced Skybet Sunday series is set to receive a major cash injection with the introduction of a £200,000 in bonuses for Sunday racing. The funds will be part of the ITV coverage of three meetings over the summer, which already offers £600,000 in prize money. Any owner of a horse who wins at each fixture of the series will be entitled to a £100,000 bonus, with the money split in the case of multiple winners. A further £100,000 will be offered to any jockey who rides seven winners across the three race days. And trainer George Bowie said, I fully support new initiatives such as the Skybet Sunday Series, which is boosting prize money as well as facilitating better Sunday fixtures. He added, I definitely have some candidates for the uh, £100,000 Sunday Series bonus, and we will be trying our hardest to win races at all three of these fixtures. The Skybet Sunday Series will broadcast three seven-race cards at Musselburgh on the 25th of July, Haydock on the 8th of August, and Sandown, August the 22nd. A £10,000 bonus will be extended towards stable staff, with the series offering £250 for the best turned out of each race. Jockey Paul Hannigan said, Sunday racing is a real opportunity to get more people interested in racing, and it's great to see the industry working together on the Skybet Sunday series. The £600,000 prize money across the series is extremely welcome, as are the bonuses. He added it's going to be a big ask to ride seven winners at the three fixtures, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. And you can be sure a £100,000 bonus will concentrate the minds of us jockeys. The pilot series was announced in May in a bid to promote Sunday racing across Britain and increase the racing on terrestrial television into 2022. ITV's racing host Ollie Bell will provide coverage that seeks to shine a spotlight on smaller trainers, owners and jockeys, as well as showcasing behind-the-scenes elements of the sport. David Menusier will be working back from wonderful tonight's date with destiny in the Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe at Longchamp on October the 3rd for her next targets, following her brilliant return to action at Royal Ascot last week. 
The daughter of Le Havre was one of the improvers of the season last year and ended her campaign with two top-level triumphs in the Prix de Royalier and the British champions Phillies and Mare Stakes on Champions Day. She returned with an impressive one-and-a-half-length success in the Group 2 Hardwick Stakes over one mile four furlongs to boost her arc credentials, and her next target will be dependent on ground conditions, with the going described as soft for her Ascot win. The Christopher Wright-owned four-year-old is entered in the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Kipco stakes, as well as at Glorious Goodwood and York's Eber meeting, but the Ark remains the big target and will be a first runner in the race for the French-born trainer. The Ark has been the plan since her victory at Longchamp last October. It's the dream more than ever now, said Menusier, who spent two and a half years as assistant to three times Ark winning trainer Critique Head. He added, I still have around three to four months to practice my French again. I have a bit of time in hand for that, and usually watching cartoons is the best way. It will be marvellous. He added, we are likely to forget about those races in early July. The Eclipse and the Grand Prix de Saint-Cloud will come too soon. But she's in the King George, and if the ground is on the slow side, we'll strongly consider running her. He added, I've entered her at the Glorious Goodwood in the Nassau Stakes and Little Langtree, and at York in the International Stakes and the Yorkshire Oaks, but we'll take our time to decide. Wonderful Tonight is a best-priced 10-to-1 shot with Skybet, William Hill and Boyle Sports for the Ark, with the market headed by the Aidan O'Brien trained duo of Love and Snowfall at 5-1. to Manusier said she's come out of the race as if nothing happened. She was as fresh as the button the next day. Hopefully she will improve for it too and reach new heights. It was unbelievable. She's a true champion. Everybody in the yard is delighted. It's why you get up early, day in, day out. We're on cloud nine and it's good to have your head in the stars, but your feet still need to be firmly on the ground. The Sussex-based trainer is no stranger to international glory, with the likes of Danceteria and the popular Thundering Blue, and Wolferton Stakes' fourth Blue Cup could be on his travels following his gallant effort last week. Manusier said, I was really delighted with the run. Slower ground would have been in his favour, but he wasn't beaten far by some very good horses. He added, we might go down to Sandown for the Gala Stakes first, but we might venture abroad with him. I think he's got the travelling target on him for later in the year. Now, our next story of the day. Nicky Henderson welcomed the idea of extending the Cheltenham Festival to five days, but support was not universal across the sport as debate over the issue flared into life again. The Jockey Club is understood to be examining options for the festival, with one report suggesting an expansion could take place in 2023. Champion trainer Paul Nichols argued, four days is plenty, a view shared by trainers Noel Mead and Alan King. Although prominent names such as John Joe O'Neill and David Pipe felt an additional day was inevitable. It was reported that a format under consideration would involve jump racing showpiece meeting running from Tuesday to Saturday, with the Cheltenham Gold Cup remaining on Friday. The festival features 28 races over four days and only two more races would need to be added for a five-day meeting with six races per day. The issue resurfaced at the start of last year when Cheltenham chairman Martin St Quinton said he wouldn't rule anything out.
a jockey club spokesman said on monday it is always interesting to listen to the debate around the fifth day and the last time this was discussed in earnest in public some key stakeholders in our sport expressed their desire for a fifth day he said we will always explore every option to improve the festival and support british racing but we have made no decision to extend the length of the festival the financial argument for the jockey club which is understood to have ruled out the move in 2022 to extend the festival has become greater following the economic damage caused by covid19 the jockey club has estimated the pandemic cost them more than 90 million pounds in 2020 alone Henderson, who won with Shiskin and Chantry House at this year's festival to take his tally to 70, said, It's obviously quite a contentious issue. I was always pushing to go from three to four, whereas I'm comfortable and happy with how it is currently. I can see the pluses and minuses, but at the end of the day, I'd say yes. There's a lot of issues involved. As I see it, you gain two races, so it's not as if it creates a great deal more opportunity. They need to sort out which course to use, because the track can only take so much. But look at the success the Royal Meeting has had going to five days in the Jubilee year. It was such a success, it stayed on. He added, a lot of people will say, I can't do five days, but no one says you have to go every day. We do, but from a staff point of view, we'd have been going to Utoxeter anyway the next day. So it makes very little difference, as we've always raced on the Saturday. The Midlands National will have to be rehoused, but that's another issue. He continued, there's a lot of thinking to be done, I'm sure, but I'm on the positive side. Financially, it's got to be sensible. They're the four biggest days in the calendar. They're probably the four most profitable days racing of the year, so why not have another one? We need the money. Plenty will say they don't want to see it, but I'm for it overall. From racing's point of view, it will create the money, and that's too valuable. We can't say no to it. It's a long enough week for us as it is, but assuming I'm still alive, I'd have runners. Others were less positive. King, a 15-time winner at the Cheltenham Festival, said, I don't think it's necessary. You'll dilute the quality. I'm surprised. Personally, I'd prefer they didn't. I don't know enough about the facts, but I'm a great believer if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They might come back with a better idea. Punchestown's a great festival, but there's a lot of fairly moderate races. Will the ground take five? It struggled with four this year. Cheltenham ground is a major issue, so I'm not sure they could stand another day. The festival moved from three days to four in 2005, and Nichols said, My view is four days is enough. End of story. Four days is plenty. Noel Mead, whose winner in the Fred Winter, was one of 23 for Irish train horses in the festival in March, said, As far as trainers are concerned, we should be delighted, but for me, I think it's stretched out enough as it is. I think less is more. I would prefer if the meeting stayed at four days. I have always thought of Cheltenham as the championship meeting, but the more they dilute it, the less it becomes that. There are races there already that probably shouldn't be there. It should be about champions, and we don't want to dilute the product any further. John Joe O'Neill, who saddled one of the five British train winners at the 2021 festival, said, It was only a matter of time, wasn't it? It'll give us more chance to get winners. What can you say? It is what it is.
David Pipe, son of the legendary Martin Pipe, who has a race at the festival named in his honour, took a similarly practical view to Henderson. He said, It's no great surprise, is it? If they can come up with the sponsorship and the money, it gives more opportunities for people. More is not always better, but you have to look at the financial side as well. It was always going to happen at some point. We all know that. Following on, here's what some others have said. Eddie O'Leary, Giggingstown House Stud Racing Manager. He said, I think it's very wrong. We have a great product, yet the powers that be want to dilute the product. They should keep it as it is. Maybe I'm a dinosaur, but as far as I am concerned, it would be terrible if it went to five days. At least Royal Ascot has the good manners to run the bad races at the end of the week, but this year's meeting was seriously diluted, and I don't think we should allow Cheltenham to go in the same direction. It was the first year in a long time when I wasn't there, and if I was there, maybe I would have felt differently. But there were a lot of bad races that shouldn't have been there. Cheltenham is the mecca. It should be left that way. Joe Tizard said, I've no problem with it, to be honest with you. The move from three to four worked out quite smoothly, and if they want to go an extra day, then we'll support it. As long as the prize money is maintained, and it still has that sense of being the Cheltenham Festival, then roll on to the Saturday. Kim Bailey, a trainer, added, I think it was fairly inevitable. The pandemic has put everyone in a situation where cash is king, and they need to get some money back. Let's hope prize money is respectable. Trainer Nigel Twiston Davis said, I think I'd rather they didn't, but until you see what races they intend to put on, we need to reserve judgment a bit. I don't want it diluted with 0 to 140 handicaps, that would be a sadness. But if we can get more championship races in there, why not? Trainer Phillips Hobbs said, Another day's racing at Cheltenham would have to be good, in that it gives everyone more chance of having a Cheltenham Festival winner. The additional races would have to be of sufficient quality to keep the racing at a high enough level that is needed for the Cheltenham Festival. Jockey Tom Scudamore added, As a jockey, you want as many days as possible, because it gives you more chances of riding winners. But with my racing hat on, I don't want it diluted. You want to see the best horses taking on each other. You want to see the best races and the great matchups. If you end up diluting the quality so that they can avoid each other, then with a sporting hat on, I don't think that's great. At the end of the day, money talks, and it could benefit the rest of racing's revenues. I just worry that if you get greedy, you'll end up ballsing it all up. And our final headline today. Ascot protesters ejected following demonstration near the winning post. Environmental campaign group Extension Rebellion appeared to unfurl a banner reading Racing to Extinction at Royal Ascot on Saturday that was intended to be seen by the Queen. The Queen was making her first visit of the week to the showpiece meeting but was nowhere near the incident. A number of protesters attempted to disrupt racing by chaining themselves to the far rail after the first race, the Cheltenham Stakes, in which the Queen's horse reached for the moon was a close second under Frankie de Tory. A screen was erected near the winning post while the protesters were removed. The Queen attended Royal Ascot for the first time this week. A spokesperson for Ascot said the incident was quickly dealt with without delay to racing. 
The Queen could not hide her delight at being back at the famous Berkshire meeting for the first time since 2019, although there was no royal procession this week. The monarch was not seen in the royal box during the race, opting to watch it privately, but had the chance to inspect the colt in the parade ring beforehand, beaming as she met de Tory and trainer John Gosden. It was so close to a famous victory too, with hot favourite Point Lonsdale proving just half her length too good under Ryan Moore, who gave the Queen her biggest success when guiding Estimate to victory in the Gold Cup of 2013. The Queen had briefly spoken with Moore ahead of the run of Kings Lynn in the Wokingham, where he was third, and she was later seen smiling and chatting as she was driven out of the racecourse. The Queen had arrived at the racecourse to applause and cheers in a beige car at 2 p.m., wearing an Angela Kelly outfit, including a pleated mint coat and matching hat, with a pink and mint floral dress. Punters like to bet on the colour of the Queen's hat, and this year bookmakers had said the most popular predictions were blue and green due to the change in weather. Nicola Magidi of Bladbrook said punters could finally enjoy a flutter on the colour of the Queen's hat after waiting patiently for her arrival all week. She added that green was the colour that attracted the majority of bets, so plenty of punters have got the day off to a great start. The Queen's eldest grandson, Peter Phillips, was also seen arriving earlier in the day. And this has been all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. Thanks for listening. Okay, that's the news. Now let's see the fixtures for the racing. Okay, we'll start at the Newmarket July course. There are seven races on the flat with a one o'clock start. Uh, eight races on the flat at Newcastle on the all-weather uh, with a 1.15 start. Seven races on the flat at Windsor, 1.55 start. Eight races on the flat at the Curragh with a 2 o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Chester with a 2.10 start. Seven races on the flat at Doncaster with a 5.15 start. And if you're in the mood for travelling, as we always say, there are ten races at Sha Tin in Hong Kong on the dirt with a six o'clock start. Also,、uh, flat racing at Eagle Farm in Australia and Churchill Downs in the USA. And now it's time to catch up with a few of our regular contributors, and we're going to start off with Dick Schofield, our National Hunt jockey, who we haven't spoken to for a few weeks. So let's see. Well, good morning, Nick. We haven't spoken for a couple of weeks. How's things? Have you had a few?、Uh, Interesting rides over that period of time. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I had a winner、um, the other day, so that was that was nice. Yeah. Up、um, at Saddle, and I've had quite a lot of seconds, which have been frustrating recently. So、um, it was good to get one in the back of the net. So、um, yeah, all the horses are running well. I think I've had sort of ten places in the last two weeks, so、um, can't that's, complain. That's okay then. Yeah, and、uh, but you you come off one yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, I had a fall yesterday. The ground's quite firm. I can assure you that that rain didn't get into it that much. <laughs> yeah.、Um, I'm feeling a bit. I'm feeling a bit old this morning, as and it's my birthday tomorrow. So.、Um, oh well, happy yeah, birthday no, for tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you.、Um, yeah. So.、Um, yeah. No. All is good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing lined up for today then. But have you got rides tomorrow? No. There's no jump racing. It's.、Um, At June, at the end of June, July is always our quietest months, really. Yeah,、um, yeah. Throughout the year, throughout the year, but、um, I think I'm back on Sunday.、Um, yeah. A few rides at Utoxeter and、um, 
yeah, be visiting towards the end of next week as well. So, um, yeah, it's been a busy sort of last three weeks actually. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, no, it's um, but now there's a bit of better weather again. It's um, I should imagine there's not that many jump meetings um, this next week, but hopefully when, when there is, we'll we'll have chances and we can bang in a few more winners. Yeah, quite. Um, well, what's what's uh, Jack been doing lately? I don't see many of his runners about. Yeah, Jack. Jack's mainly on. He's got winter horses. Um, he, I'd imagine he'll be getting them all in now, beginning of July. Um, he'll be getting twenty horses in then. So, um, yeah, no, he, you know, he just has, um, you know, he's a winter trainer, really. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't have many for the summer. He had Darcy Ward run the other day. It ran well, but they finished second, got the notice the third in the Stewards' Inquiry, which was annoying. But. Um, yeah. He ran very, he ran very well. So what he has run has run good. Um, but yeah, no, he he's he wouldn't have many summer horses for the summer jumping, really. So I suppose um, you say a Stewards' Inquiry. We often see the Stewards' Inquiry on ITV Racing and that. Why do they always treat you like your schoolboys in there? They, they they seem to adopt a very superior attitude. I fancy, but you better not answer that question. It's just me muffering, just in case they're listening. Um. <laughs> yeah, no. well, I suppose it's right and wrong. You got it's like driving a car. You got to have some principles, and um, I didn't keep you straight, unfortunately. So um, I, yeah, was, uh, you know, they they, they felt, but. You, I suppose you've got to be fairly, you know, you're racing at high speeds and um, you've got to have some rules because um, well, you can't carnage yeah. otherwise. Did you, uh, did you watch uh, Royal Ascot? <laughs> I did, I didn't miss the race. I thought it was fantastic coverage yeah. on ITV and, um, yeah, no, high class racing. It's a shame about the rain that come at the end of the week, but um, yeah, it just forced a lot of non-runners. But, um, yeah, no, I thought it was a good week and it was Ascot, you know, did a very good job and, um it's good that the crowds are all back and hopefully it stays that way and this COVID doesn't kick in again. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I certainly think it's definitely getting to be a um, a meeting to leave well alone from a betting point of view. When you get 28, 29 runners in handicaps and what have you, it's damn difficult to pick a winner out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, luckily I don't bet, so it's all right. Yeah, well, you're okay. <laughs> I tend to have the odd little... Uh, whimsical bet here and there but um yeah no i didn't do very well at all i must, must admit but there we go well look um good luck for the rest of the week uh you, you've got a bit of time off now you give you a chance to sort of you yeah. know chill out a little bit yeah yeah exactly and um yeah um, like i said it's my birthday tomorrow so try and enjoy that and then get back to work again yeah um, saturday and go from there well look you have a good birthday tomorrow nick and thanks for joining us yeah. again on the show and uh, we'll talk yeah. to you again soon when I see you've had a few winners, OK? Fingers crossed. Thanks very much, and I hope everyone has a good weekend. Uh, you, mate. Thanks very much for joining us anyway. Thanks a lot. Well, there we go. That was National Hunt jockey Nick Schofield, who had an unfortunate fall yesterday, so uh, hopefully he recovers from that quickly. And uh, we'll be joining him again in the... Well, last week we spoke to a prolific goal scorer, not to mention winning trainer Mick Shannon, and funnily enough, this week I was talking to another prolific old scorer with a passion for horses, and that's Charles. But now you've got another passion which uh, we both share, and that is horses. Yeah. Tell yeah. me, tell me about your passion for horses and how you got involved in horses. So, my grand liked to bet, and I just listened. I started to, enjoy, I enjoyed it, and then all of a sudden I was, I was in a fortunate position to, to own the horses. So. 
I just went from there. Really, I always remember going racing and think I'd love to be in the like in the owners mm. in the circle. Do you know what I mean? And the yeah. parade ring and stuff. And then, like I say, I was very fortunate that um, that I was be- I was able to. Yeah. And it kind of just went from there. Really, I had one. I went down the jump route a little bit, and then I was ah, let's get into the let's get in the flat, and then then I then I went from there to, to having the flat horse. I've just got I've only got the two left now. And they're both at Richard Hammond, which I'm very fortunate of because he only lives uh, about 10 minutes from my house. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So that's where I've got the two in there, which is, is an enjoy- enjoyable time just going up to up to his yard and an enjoyable time going racing with him also. So, so when you um, when you were, you said you went the jump route first off, what did, who did yep. you have horses with when on the jumpers? I had a horse with John Joe O'Neill first, yeah. and then I had one with Warren Greytrex and Oliver Sherwood. Oh, right, so some good good trainers then. And did you get yeah. many winners? I had a couple of winners. Two minutes didn't win for me. Um, I had a couple of winners with uh, Warren Greytrex. We bought uh, a Miss Sophie Rose. Her name was. She was. Um, she. What, I paid seven thousand for her from the Doncaster Sale. There was four of us involved, hmm. and um, she won first time out. I remember being at Worcester when she won first time out. I thought it, was, it felt like I won the Gold Cup. <laughs> I, I, I bet, won yeah. about two and a half grand. I, I won a two and a half grand race at Worcester. But to me, it was an it was an amazing feeling, you know, that we to have a winner. And I, I wish they all won, but it don't, it don't work out. And then it kind of just took off from there, really. Aiden, I, I enjoyed the jumps. I, I did, but. The more I could go racing more in the summer, and it was more the flat. And the weather was always nicer because I always reckon going going jumping. Uh, I mean, our closest here is either Taunton or Wincanton, and Wincanton yeah. was always at about twenty degrees lower than any other place in the whole world. I think when it went racing, there, oh, it was that's dreadful. The thing. If you go, yeah, if you go to Wincanton on a bad day, you're getting blown off the off the track. Oh, awful. Whereas whereas in the summer, Salisbury. In the sunshine, lovely, lovely track to go racing. Go. I think, you know. That's it. You weigh up. You weigh up. The, you weigh up the options. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So, who have you got your horses with now? Then, just the two with Richard Hannon. That's oh, it. both, both with Richard Hannon. Okay, and both with Richard Hannon. Have they, how many winners have you had with them? I've um the other side filly that I've got. She has won five times for me. All right, yeah. She's a four-year-old. Yeah, she she won first one out for me at Newbury, yeah. And then she come back and what? She comes sec a third on her um her first time at Kempton. I don't think she liked the track, but then handicap would give her a mark of seventy seventy six. Yeah, happy day. she's miles better than seventy six. She won two on the spin at Windsor, then she comes second at Windsor the following, and then she won again. So mm. it was just like. We had a bit of fun with her. She's very good. I've got her in training at the moment. She had a nice, nice mark at the moment again. I think she'll win next time out for when we drop her back to six furlongs. And I, I think, I, because she's mine, I, this one I want to, I think I might breed from her, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. I don't know about this moment. I don't know a lot about the breeding game. I'd have to speak to someone that would know more on it, but I definitely would look at it, yeah. Well, of course, I've got six, but um, I'm being flashed now because I only own the testicle on the left side of each horse, actually. But um, yeah, well, it's all I, about the fun, mate. Yeah, no, I'm in, in this. Have you heard this hot to trot syndicate? Yeah, they're sponsoring a race tonight, and they uh, Newbury. Funny enough, I just oh, read they, that on, oh, that's uh, right. Yes, because they got a, they got a big do up there tonight. I'm not going myself, but um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I joined that a couple of years ago now, and we, we I've had some great fun from it. And and like you, I remember when we had our first winner was at uh, Sandown and I mean they made it some ridiculous price about 
two to 11 or something ridiculous but it absolutely yeah. cruised home but what a feeling even though it was it was a pretty lo- bloodless victory really but it's a fantastic it's feeling a, isn't it amazing feeling it really is I, yeah. do you know what and, and the, the, if I look back now I, I, I've really enjoyed my time I think at one point I had about 15 16 horses at one point right did you and, yeah and I yeah and I look back and I think Charles was stupid just because you couldn't get to all of them Mm. I think now when I retire, you'd want to go racing. You want to go and see like my another bat. I had a horse that I bought from Ireland over one for me over in Dubai. Yeah, but I wasn't there. One on the third of January three years ago, and I wasn't there. And and they're the places that you want to be at, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You want to see yeah. these when they run them places. You want to see. Like, uh, he, he ran a couple of times at Royal Ascot for me, and and, and I was I was very obviously fortunate there at this time of year. But mm. it is you've got it to. To get the full enjoyment out of it, you've got to be able, one to go to the yards, but two also to make the track. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you have you always had uh, Richard Hannon as your trainer? No, Eve Johnson Horton. She was I had yeah. a, a horse with her. Yeah. I had a horse with Richard Hughes. So yeah. uh, I had a couple in Newmarket, but Newmarket was too far from obviously from us. So yeah, yeah. the enjoyment's obviously not there. So, so where do you live now? Then near Hungerford, do you? Or? Yeah, in Hungerford, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's not so far from... the, M, the M4 for, for, the, for the football, and it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be coming up to uh, to Lambourne to see, to see our Colin very shortly, so uh, who knows, oh, who far. knows, might bump into you up there, you never know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Well, look, Charlie, it's been absolutely great talking to you on the, on the phone today, really appreciate it, and uh, no the best of luck for your season with QPR, because you'll be back soon, I presume. Um, yeah, and uh, I hope you have a tremendous season with promotion at the end of it. And um, well, that was QPR's uh, new signing, Charlie Austin, who just signed a new. T- right, it's now time to pop down to Clumpton and have a quick word with Rod Millman. Rod, how's it going today? Yeah, not too bad. We just sent horses up, one of the horses up to Leicester to run in the last race today at Leicester. Yeah, um, on the regular tip. Um, there's only nine runners. Um, he should run a good race. He's the out, one of the outsiders, but he's 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 a good horse on his day. Yeah, yeah. Catching him, catching him on the right day. Looking at uh, the runners and riders, you, you've got a fairly quiet period now over the weekend. Not not many runners at all for your by your standards, anyway. No, no, we've run a lot lately, and um, what have we got? We've got um, I've got Cool Cat going up to Chester tomorrow night. Yeah, long way up there, but there's only six runners. Um, it's his first try over a mile and a quarter. He's um, if he stays, I think he'll run a good race. Right. Um, but um, we were very unlucky last week. We had uh, two two favourites. One of them was odds on, and a Goodwood on Friday night abandoned it. It uh, was a bit disappointing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, both those horses have been rerouted to Friday and Sunday. Cool Cat on Friday and. Um, four day goes to Windsor on on Sunday so um, we're trying to get you know consolation prizes for those two yeah the best laid plans and all that yes that's it that's it you know but um, you who would think you would get an abandoned meeting of heavy ground in, in June you wouldn't would you <laughs> but the weather's been all over the place doesn't it really one minute it's really hot oh, next minute it's not it's yeah. crazy we're starting to get the fans back in at the tracks which is nice yeah um, because uh, racing has been very well with like any other entertainment business it's been very flat the last 18 months mm. so at least we get the crowds back in now which is better yeah 
and a very successful Royal Ascot, which I'm sure will have uh, whetted the appetite for those people that didn't go there. So uh, hopefully that'll have a knock-on effect well, in the weeks to come. Well, it was a lovely day at Ascot. You had um, just manageable crowds. and I think everyone who went to Ascot probably enjoyed Ascot more this year than they have previously Yeah. because you could move around. It wasn't as crowded. No, that's and, right. Uh, and the race courses did put on a very good show. You know, they, they really put on a good show. And um, I think... The racehorses I've been to have put a lot of effort into looking after the amount of customers they've got, yeah. which was nice. Yeah. Um, you know, so let's hope let's hope that um, we get back to normal soon, or whatever whatever ne- the, the new normal will be. Yeah, cool. Um, you know, and have you had all your? You, how are you feeling now? Oh, I'm all, I'm yeah, not too, sciatica is a bit of a problem, but other than that, the old ticker's yeah. all right. That's the main thing. Oh, so, so yeah so um do you think though um this weather it must be very difficult when you're trying to you know route horses to various meetings and one minute it's dry and next minute it's absolutely tepid it down i mean did you just put it down this well, that's that's, of, that's 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 the, that's, the, that's that's the advantage of all, all weather racing in the winter or yeah. any time of the year you have consistent ground yeah uh, but you know you do have consistent ground and it is uh, it is quite nice but um it is, uh, it is, it is. Well, that's that. That is the that is the romantic notion of British horse racing. You have different courses, different ground. Yeah. Left-handed, right-handed, with straight, straight up and down. Um, you know all sorts of tracks, and that's what makes British racing unique. I mean, yeah. when you go to, when you go to America, Australia, they all go around the same way. Yeah. And, uh, it's not the same. No, no. So, that's why it's just a shame that the bookmakers have got such a strangle over racing and making vast profits and not putting enough money back in, you know? Yeah, yeah. What do you think about, I know you don't sort of specialise in jump racing, you've only got two or three horses that do it, but uh, what do you think about the, the potential of making Cheltenham a five-day job? It, it's a commercial It's a commercial decision more than anything. I yeah. mean, basically, if you were to have Two, I mean, basically, the Ryan Chase has diluted the field for the Champion Chase and yeah. the Gold Cup, um, which is. But the horses that win the Ryan, the Ryan Air, would win the Gold Cup. It gives them a, another chance to win a Grade One race. Yeah. And exactly, exactly the same would come in if they put a two and a half mile hurdle on. You will dilute. You will dilute the, um, the quality of the bigger races, but against that. If, if two and a half mile is their best trip, they're, they're probably not going to champion hurdle or the Sayers hurdle. Yeah. yeah. Um, two and a half mile is, is a specialist trip. So that's, a, that's another thing. Um, but whatever race you put on, you will dilute the quality of the feature event. So on, on balance, then, what would you, you think is a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it'd be a commercial decision. Um, it's purely a commercial decision, and unfortunately, nowadays, in this day and age, com- uh, profits rule rule businesses. Yeah. So, whatever they decide, it will be to bring more money into the game, uh, which which we need. Um, it's moved with the times. I mean, you take the football matches now; they stagger the football matches to get maximum betting on them, don't they? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Quite. That's right. And it's just. It's, just it's just moving everything up a gear. Everything's more professional, um, more commercial. I don't think it's. I don't. I can see for and against. 
but but it will bring more money into the game. And if you bring more money in, let's hope it gets what spent wisely. Yeah, yeah. So, so Bernard, going back to your runners over the weekend, then, Rod, if you've got a, a, a quiet weekend this weekend, does that sort of foresee that you're going to next this time next week you're going to have a busier one, or does it not work like that? Well, a lot of the horses run in probably three week windows. Right. They they run every three weeks roughly. Yeah. Um, sometimes every fortnight, if they if they get narrowly beaten, they may run again before the handicapper puts them up. Yeah. So that's. That's that, that is the main reason why you run these horses. Yeah, is to try and step in front of the handicapper. Yeah, yeah. Um, but generally speaking, we will be having a lot of runners. You know, we've run a lot last fortnight, and we, it means we do have a quiet week for a while. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not not a bad thing, I'm sure, from your perspective. Anyway, we have a quiet no, quite exactly, a week. No, exactly. That's fine. That's it. Because I think one of the one of the things about horse racing, same as it was for me at football, is an awful lot of travelling involved, isn't there? Yes, that is that is the one drawback of my job. Yeah, yeah. No, I can. I have to travel around. I have to travel around a lot, you know. Yeah, quite. Um, no, I can appreciate that. Yeah, it's just. Uh, tires on my horse. Tires on my horse box do not last very long. No. Well, as you found that out last week, didn't you? So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, no, it's um, we're we're a very small yard, or a reasonably small yard. I mean, we have a lot of runners. See, I I have a lot of handicappers. Yeah. And they they run <coughs> seven or eight times a year, whereas the big stables with a lot of maidens, a lot of young two-year-olds. Yeah. I mean, big yards like Roger Berry and Willie Haggis would have over a hundred two-year-olds probably. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of horses, and, isn't it? A lot of them will only run once or t- once or twice that this year. Yeah, yeah. And if they're not at the scratch, they'll be sold on. I mean, there's a, there's a big sale coming up in Newmarket called July Sale. Well, uh, Sheikh Hamden, who unfortunately died recently, he's his estate is selling a hundred horses. Oh, yeah, yeah. So just keeping the cream, yeah. I suppose. Then in, in his case. Yes, that's right. You know, they, they keep that's exactly it. You know. Yeah, yeah. But against that, there will be a lot of trainers like myself looking at looking at what they're what they're moving on and mm. some of those horses with a change of environment will, will blossom into nice horses yeah yeah quite i, I, I bought a horse off him for five thousand pounds yeah which had been a good two-year-old and lost his way and we won nine races with it and i think about seventy-five thousand. did you ever meet him um rod I've, I've never spoken to him. I've seen him around a lot, yeah, but I've never spoken to no. him. I wonder what they were like as individuals, you know. Uh, he, he he apparently was the most friendly of them all. Mm. Um, he was he was probably the most popular of all the um, the Arab owners, and he he was very loyal. He was very good to his own. He he didn't chop him. You had to do something really bad to lose it. You know? Yeah. Um, Whereas I think the others were probably a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah. All right, Rod, well, thank you very much for catching up with us and uh, enjoy your quiet week. And uh, we'll catch up with you next week, if that's all right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rod. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Well, that was Rod Wilmer down there at Columpton, still working, even though he's on the phone to us. That's just... The... Well, now it's time to catch up with all the news from Hot to Trot Racing and... No, she's not in a trace well, good afternoon, Sam. How's the world of hot to trot? 
Uh, Amy, hi, good to see you. Good to speak to you. Uh, hot to trot is very well, thank you. We had a, uh, a good week at Ascot last week, and uh, we had a hot to trot runner there with Get Ahead, who was sixth in the Queen Mary Stakes, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was a little bit unlucky from her her wide draw on the far side. If, if she'd been um, if she'd been drawn near, nearer to the action on the stand side, she may well have been third or fourth. But anyway, it was a great day. We had fifty five people there, and it was it was good fun. Um, the hot shot won. The rest of the team, Roman Mist, was a, a game second on Saturday night at Lingfield and uh, on ground that was plenty soft enough for her. And she should be winning soon. Um, she's trained yeah. by Tom Ward and Lamborn. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Pissarra that was meant to run on, on Monday at, um, at Windsor, but sadly it was abandoned due to waterlogging. So she's going to hold on and she's got an entry at Kempton next Wednesday. And she's capable of being very competitive when she runs. Yeah. Um, and the, t- the two-year-olds in that group, the other two-year-olds in that group, are Philly Rosebury Topping, who's, who's going well now with Angie Boarding, coming along nicely. Uh, and we've got You Won't Believe It, who's with Nigel Tinkler, who's a, a sister to You Better Believe It. And mm. uh, she's moving well, but she still, still needs more time yet. Okay. Um, and we're going to have a, a new Philly introduced to that team soon to replace Daisy Warwick. And that's... Uh, an unnamed filly by a cycled fast company and she's going to go to george baker in in surrey so that's the hot to trot one team um and then two hot to trot which you're involved with uh one small step um has been declared to run at newmarket on saturday and she's a lovely filly um she was a bit disappointing uh on her seasonal debut at kempton last month um she's moving a lot better now um, it does look a hot race on Saturday, I have to say. Uh, but hopefully she'll run well. She ran well at Newmarket last season, albeit on the um, on the Rolly Mile course, and this is the July course. Yeah. Uh, but she should run well, hoping for top four, um, but obviously wary of, of the opposition. Yeah. Um, Mile Miglia of Clive Cox's. She ran a, a nice race at Chepstow on Tuesday. Um, she was fourth. But she's going to. It was very. It was her last run in, in novice company, and she's capable of improving a lot now when she stepped up in trip um, over ten furlongs. Um, she's locally bred to you. She's bred in bred near Gillingham, and oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, by Bugley Stud, and uh, so hopefully she'll be she'll be winning soon. And um, Clyde's very hopeful with her. She's a lovely filly. Um, we've got uh, the four two-year-olds then: Emily Post with Ed Bethel in Yorkshire. Had a video through of her this morning, and she's moving well. Ed had thought she'd be one of his earlier two-year-old runners around now, but she's just needing a bit longer. Um, she should be out in the next six weeks, hopefully. Um, she's doing everything well, and, and very hopeful for her. Um, plagiarizer of Huey Morrison. Uh, she actually was entered. She was going to be our first, could have been our first two-year-old runner for Too Hot to Trot at Newbury on Tuesday. Uh, but she just needs a little bit longer. So she's probably going to be um, 10 days' time. She'll be ready to go. Um, we have got uh, Dorothy, who's had a spring break, and she's now back in training with Charlie Fellows at Newmarket, and she's done very well for her break. She's really strengthened up, which is really what we hope for her. She's yeah. a full sister to the Tin Man, uh, um, who Charlie would know well from his days as, as assistant to James Fanshawe, and Dorothy, fittingly named, uh, hopefully will be... Um, will be worth the wait when she runs, hopefully in the autumn. Um, and our and our final uh, too hot to trot horse um, is um, uh, Trouble Afoot, who's with Roger Charlton, and uh, she's going nicely, uh, moving well. And uh, we're 
Um, I'm not quite sure yet when what about racing, but probably more like August time. But um, uh, she looks nice. We had a good visit to her ten days ago, and she looked in good shape then. And um, there's some really nice babies around in these in in two hot strut in particular, and we're really looking forward to uh, the, the coming weeks when we're going to learn more about them. So. Uh, that's that's sort of that's where we are at the moment. And how did your your um, soiree at uh, Newbury go last week? It was great. We had a, a really good evening on on uh, Tuesday evening uh, at Newbury. Hundred people. Uh, with the restrictions still in place, we um, we had to make it in groups of six, and we actually were outdoors anyway. So we had groups of six on on out, outdoor tables of six. So it was yeah, very yeah. safe, and it was really good fun. The weather it was just. It was cool enough, uh, but it was it was fine. When the sun came out, it was beautiful, and when the sun went behind the clouds, it was just a little bit. You you needed your jumper, but mm. it was um, no, it was a really fun evening. Everyone really enjoyed it. I think everyone just loved getting back together and after so long. So yeah, it, yeah. it was it, it was it was really fun, um, and it, we just obviously lacked so we lacked all the social interaction for so long, and yeah, uh, right. it was it was lovely to get people together, and, and gradually we're, we're we're becoming a bit more social again, which is which is really good. So. Sam, you you know it must take a hell of a, a lot of doing to keep keep a track of all of these horses. I mean, I don't know how many you got all together to look after, but I mean, it's uh, it must be pretty it, full it, on, well, isn't it? it? it, it I did. Uh, well, it, it does take a bit of especially when it comes to yeah, race planning, etc. It does. Um, yeah, one needs to be on the ball. I have to say that. Trouble afoot. So I was sort of thinking, oh, which one is the last getting caught in trouble afoot? But it, sometimes it takes that second. But um, no, it's it, it's good fun. I love it. I mean, hot to trot. We've got twelve flat horses in training at the moment, and jumping wise, we've we usually have somewhere between six and eight uh, jumpers in training. So um, yeah, it's definitely keeping me out of mischief. And I do run the Kennet Valley Thoroughbred Syndicates as well. And we've got um, thirteen in training for them on the flats as well. So, it is. It's twenty. We've got twenty-five flat, twenty-five horse and training on the flat at the moment, which is which is great. Um, but it it does. Yes, it does need to. I do need to pay attention. Plus a little young baby as well. Plus a little young baby who had her first outing racing um, on Tuesday because she went to Chepstow with me and yeah. she got a bit of a shout out on on um, on, a, on Sky Sports Racing. They said the youngest race goer is with with one of the uh, one of the group attached to Mile Miglia so uh that was and she was she was on me so that was um uh, that was that was quite proud proud that she managed to to come along and and uh, not disgrace herself completely <laughs> no, I think that's, that was that was all right. down to you disgracing yourself completely wasn't it standing in oh, front I'm of the fan at uh, where was that yeah. Royal, uh, Royal Ascot I saw that bit yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a bit of um, bit of TV exposure at Royal Ascot. Yeah, that was um, that was good fun. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I recognised that face. What's he doing standing in front of a fan? Then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brilliant stuff, mate. Brilliant. Oh yes, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. That's that bit. Yeah, I need to see. Yeah, I need to they, see they, that. They they did mention it was you, but I, I'd sussed it before they mentioned. It. I thought Sam. I'm sure it is. And sure enough, it was. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, keep up the good work, Sam, and uh, let's hope we get Thank a few you, winners uh, up the next two or three weeks and uh you know i should be watching and i'm sure all our listeners will be keeping an eye as well well lovely to chat to you and i look forward to updating your listeners soon yeah and don't forget listeners if you think you'd like to be a part of hot to trot racing and i can recommend it personally get in touch with sam hoskins and just go to the hot to trot um website which is www.hottotrotracing.com i think is that right yeah that's actually bang on yeah bang on right okay sam we'll speak to you soon Thanks, Andy. All the best. Thanks a lot, Matt. Well, as I'm sure you gather, that was Sam Hoskins from Hot Trot Racing. And as I said before, don't forget, get in touch with him if you think it's your 
kettle of fish because it's a it's a great experience and well worth being a part of well now it's time to catch up with david pipe down well good afternoon david thanks for joining us on the show um the three winners in the last 10 days or so over the jumps all going very well nicely isn't it yeah uh, the ones that were running are running well and uh <clears throat> we haven't got that many at the present moment but um yeah nice to get a few winners on the board um, I, I look on a, a thing on the Racing Post where it shows all your runners and riders and what have you, but uh, it doesn't say about the, the flat. You've had a few on the flat as well, haven't you, of late? Um, yeah, we've had a couple of winners on the flat, um, a few dual-purpose horses. So, um, yeah, basically, yeah. wherever we think it gives them the best chance, um, they'll go. And, uh, you know, the weather's been a little bit sort of uh, up and down lately. One minute blazing hot, next minute pouring down with rain. Has that caused you many problems? Uh, no, it's you know, part of English weather full stop, whether you're in the summer or in the winter. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, no, it's, um, <clears throat> it is what it is. Uh, you know, with, uh, with the ground nowadays, you can have a, a soft ground horse in any, other t- any time of the year, really. Yeah, yeah. And looking at the, the runners and riders for the weekend, you've got uh, three up uh, possibly going over the weekend. Are they all set to run? Uh, no, just um, just uh, running uh, Lady Reset at Doncaster on the flat. She won last time at Leicester, and uh, hopefully uh, she can run well again. When do you consider the you know the, the, the summer recess stops and you get back you know into the, the the hard and fast national hunt game i suppose a lot of people would say october time um that uh it's sort of changeover period september october but uh october time onwards um, i suppose is when the, uh, some of the winter horses start coming out um but it can also be very uh still very firm ground in october yeah, do you, I mean, do you, as as a trainer, do you get the chance to get away very much at all in this this time of the year, or or is it sort of full well, on no, all the in time? No, in normal years, yeah, in normal years we get away. Um, obviously, slightly different the last couple of years, but yeah, um, yeah no, we get away away for everyone needs to recharge the batteries. Yeah, absolutely, and it's uh, certainly a lot better with the crowds there, even albeit reduced crowds, but nonetheless, crowds there makes a hell of a difference, doesn't it? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's great, great for the race courses, for the atmosphere. Um, so you know, we're um, it's still tough times ahead, but we're getting back to some kind of normality. I see your father had a, a, a lengthy article in the Racing Post last week. Uh, it was quite interesting reading. Yeah, no, it was a good article, and uh, they've done they've done a uh, <coughs> a few um, legends this week, and uh, yeah, no, it was good to read. Well, you, surely you'll be up next, then, won't you? A legend. I think we'll have to work a bit more for that. <laughs> but uh, Lady Reset, then you, you fancy might have a bit of a chance then? Yeah, hopefully she's got a good chance on Saturday. Good. OK, David, well, thanks very much for catching up with us. It's just uh, five minutes here and there makes all the difference for the listeners, and that's what we're after, really. So thanks very much for that. Appreciate it. No problem. Well, from David Pipe down at Wellington, we're going to pop up to Lambour now. So, good afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for joining me on the show. Um, you're going through a bit of a purple patch still, aren't you? Hi, Eddie. Good, uh, good to good to chat again. Um, yeah, we've um, we, we we had a, obviously a very good start to to, to the season through May. Um, we haven't had that many runners through June, but thankfully they're they're running well. Well, absolutely. I mean, certainly looking at that, some of them. I've gone and gone off the page now. Where's it gone? Hang on a minute. Um, I had you up. 
why is things always go wrong when you don't want them to, eh? Uh, Typical, isn't it? Yeah, always but you've had, you've had a lot of um, placed horses, certainly, and, and certainly one winner. So, you know, um, obviously this, this, this time of the year suits your horses, I guess. Uh, listen, we, we've only got we've only got fifteen in for work at the moment. So obviously through through the winter we're, we're usually sort of up to fifty odd horses. So um, yeah, fifty fifteen just shy of twenty horses in 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 work at the moment. So it's very so it's, it's a very laid back time of year. Obviously everyone's steam cleaning and getting the yard in 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 top shape, ready for the horses to come back in. But um, Thankfully, the ones that the ones that are in and like the better ground are, are running nicely. Well, look at it here from the eleventh of June. Um, you haven't had a horse out of the top four, um, and you've only had uh, two pull up, which uh, you know that happens. But I mean, you know, and and, you, and you've had the winner, the floral bouquet. So I mean, you know, that, that's that's nice. That's what you want, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think we've only had 10 runners or so in that time as well. So, um, no, it's good for Aubrey Kay. He's obviously run a couple of times. It was lovely to see her going and winning at Foss last. She won it. You touched for the time before that as well. Yeah. Um, I ran about quickly over hurdles at Newton Abbott, trying to, trying to be, be a bit clever and beat the handicapper. She finished second, ran a good race that day as well. Yeah. Um, no anxiety was was in the process of running a great race, but he he made a bad mistake at the at the second last and ended up finishing third. And likewise, the Banner King Rebel was bang there when he made a ma- bad mistake and Gav had to pull him up. But um, yeah, no, the others the others have been knocking on the door. Um, Redbridge Gold has obviously been third again. She'll she'll go back to uh, Worcester probably middle of the month, hopefully over two and a half miles, which might suit her better than three miles. Um, but Holden wasn't beaten too far either between the Walters which was second. Um, so no, it's, yeah, it's been a good time. And and look at you've got one runner tomorrow, one on Sunday, well potentially, and one on two on Monday. Uh, are they all likely to go? Um, so Scandy Berg runs runs definitely at Cartmel tomorrow. Um, he'll go there. It's a four horse race. It looks it looks barring accidents like there's only two meaningful horses in the race. One of which is Scandy Berg. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he's got every chance on the ratings he comes out on top. So he should go well. Sunday soon, um, stepping up in trip to three miles. Um, he's got a lot of weight to carry. He's He's been a prolific winner, but the handicapper won't relent. And he might find it, 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 it a bit of a struggle off top weight, perhaps. But um, he, he always runs his race and should, should be there thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, Piscop Hike, he's going over fences for the first time, either at Southern on Monday or Worcester next Wednesday. Um he was a, a very good novice herder, and I think he should be a better better novice chaser as well. So, yeah, um, hopefully a couple of decent ones coming up too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, keep it up. It's good to see, good to see uh, Three Valleys Radio traders getting the success they deserve. That's what I would say. So, well, it's all, all down to you, Eddie. Oh, must be, must be. Um, yeah, no, we'll keep it up, uh, Jamie. Keep it up. You know, it's 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 great to see, you and it's good to talk to you every every so often and catch up on all the winners, what have you. So, uh, and and you know, are you looking forward to a bit of a break now? Is it is it going to be quiet for the next sort of three or four weeks, or relatively yeah, speaking? June, June, June is always our quietest month, um, with 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 numbers of horses in the yard. The winter horses will start coming back in July, believe it or not. So. We'll start to get busier within the yard, um, even though there won't be many runners through July and August. We're, we're, we'll start getting horses back in. So we'll end up being busy enough at home, but not having many on the track, really. So June is, is always the time where less runners on the track and less runners in the yard. So 
now's the time to get away. We we went away to West Wales last week um, yeah. for, for four days with the kids, which was lovely. Um, so yeah, we're just um, we're, we're slowly ease back into it again now. Good. Well, keep up the good work, Jamie. Keep up the good work, and uh, let's have loads more winners, eh? Well, fingers crossed. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll speak to you again, you know, shortly if that's okay with you. Look forward to it. Cheers, Eddie. Well, that was Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne, and now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Good morning, David. How are you this morning? Yes, very well, Adrian, especially after a fantastic Saturday last week that we had. Yeah. Um, hopefully yeah. everyone had a, had a big pocket full of cash on Sunday morning off their bookmakers. So. Well, let's hope the bookmakers were feeling it anyway. Well, I wish I could say oh, the same. Yeah. I didn't have a very good Saturday, but still. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, yeah. we gave you seven bets last Saturday and five of them paid out. So. Yeah, yeah, no, you did well. You did well. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, where are we going this week? we got three up at Newcastle and three over at Newmarket. So we're at the news on uh, Saturday. Okay, hang on a minute. We'll uh, start up at Newcastle. Righty out. The first race we're looking there is a 220 race, the Chip Chase Group 3. Wait. the horse we like the look of in this one is a horse called Highland Dress. It's going to be ridden by Paul Mulrennan and trained by Archie Watson. Uh, a line form on the 4th of March. He he was second beaten half a length by Kazam. Now, Kazam is 4-1 to one joint favourite to win the race. Now, there was only half a length between them that day and they're meeting again on the same terms. But another thing to note is... Uh, Highland Dress ran very well on the 20th of June last year at Royal Ascot in the Wokenham. He finished three and a half lengths behind Hay Jonesy, who was our bet that day. So, obviously, he likes his time of year, and he's got the form there up against the favourites. So, we're going to have a nice little each-way bet on him, and he's priced up, believe it or not, at 33-1 to 1 with Paddy Powers at the moment. Really? And they're paying out four places a fifth of the odds. Yeah. So, well worth having a little each-way bet on there, and taking a bit of a risk on a 33-1 to shot, especially when he's got a line of form against a favourite and there's only half a length between them. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, uh, so it's really one's good. Up. I mean, that's what's that? That's going to be six to one your money minimum, isn't it? Yeah. So fifth of the odds is just over six and a quarter to one. Yeah. So it's a lot better than backing Kazan at four to one. Yeah. And you've got the chance of being in the first four instead of just having to win the race. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's the sort of thing that we look at, and it does make common sense. And obviously, Highland Dress has got form over the track as well, so it's uh, a lot better for us that way, man. Good. Okay. Moving, moving down to the next race at Newcastle with two fifty-five in Northumberland Vars, running over two miles, class two race, and a horse we like here, uh, Red Force One. It's going to be ridden by Paul Hannigan and trained by Phil Kirby. Now, the thing to note is Red Force One used to be owned by Sir Alex Ferguson and used to be trained by Paul Nichols when he was running over hurdles. And he's got some good lines of form on the flats from when they was just giving him a pipe opener there. So, again, he was a good horse, as you say, over hurdles. And he run Gumball to a photo finish in a Class 1 on the hurdles there. And the thing to note is two runs ago, he was... He won his race very, very easily, and he beat a horse called Raymond. Now, Raymond's in this race again, and he's 12 to 1. Now, Red Force 1 is 33 to 1. Now, the race comments for when he beat Raymond, 
very, 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 very funny to read them. It says, uh, the rider delayed his challenge until the final furlong. He led on the bit in the final 110 yards, one hard held. Now, again, how can is the prices be 33 to 1 and 12 to 1 when it is 1 on the snap, as they say? So oh, I think yeah. Red Force 1 is going to have a bit of a squeak there. There's another nice 33 to 1 shot that we're going to be looking at for a, a bet there. Paddy Power paying out five places, a fifth of the odds. So yeah. he's only got to get in the first five there, and you got 6 to 1 your money. So yeah. Yeah. it's well worth having a little bit of a bet on there. Moving down to the Northumberland Plate, the 330 at Newcastle, a horse we like here is Lucky Deal. It's going to be ridden by Andrew Breslin, who's a £5 claim and trained by Mark Johnson. Now, this horse is a bit of an all-weather track specialist. He's got some form on turf from a couple of years ago, but of late, he's just not produced his form on, on the turf. And he's had his last three races have all been on, on the turf, and he's reverting back to the all-weather. Now... On his form book, he's had two races at Newcastle, and he won one of them under this jockey in a Class 3 when he was racing off of Handicap 96, and he's moved up to 100 now. And in the other one, he wasn't far off winning that one either. Now, this fella's priced up at 40 to 1 with Paddy Power, and they're playing five places on the race of 50 odds. So, again, he's, he's another very big-priced one who's got course and distance form, and it's what you look for when you're having a bet on these all-weather tracks they need to go on the going and the tapita or whatever they call the, the goings up there so uh, again, yeah. 40 to 1 this one small each way bet okay moving over to Newmarket we're going to have a look at the 205 race there and one that I like the looks of here is a horse called Honey Sweet Sam Jones is going to be riding it for Carl Burke. Now, only got one run on the card, one win, but the form of the race is very, very solid. Two of the horses who finished behind her in that race have come out and won next time out, and another one of them has been second, only got beat three quarters of length in a, a close, close race there. So, very hard race to match the form up of the youngsters, but... William Hill's uh, got this one priced up at 11 to 1, so we're going to have a little small each way bet on that one there. Okay. Moving down to the 240 stakes at uh, Newmarket, a uh, horse that we've highlighted a couple of times this year, Logician, who doesn't like the soft going, and his last couple of races have been on, on soft and produced his form. Now, he was 13 to 8 with Paddy Powell this morning, and he's going to be our day's bank bet. And he's dropped down from, he normally races in Group 1, Group 2, Group 3 sort of, and he's dropped down to a Class 1 listed this time. So he's going to get a sounder surface as a predicted going up at Newmarket is good, good to firm. And he's not going to get the soft going, which he's had in his last two runs, which he obviously doesn't like, and he's shown that he doesn't go that well on the on the soft surface. So 13 to 8 looks to be a very, very nice price about him. Uh, Rab Havlin takes a ride where Frankie rides in, a few times, but Rap Havlin is going to be riding in for John Gosden this time out. And as you say, it's 13 to 8 with Paddy Power, and that's a day's nap bet. Righty up. Moving down to the last one we got for the weekend, Newmarket 315 race. Uh, horse will be back to Royal Alaska uh, at a very, very big price, uh, one called the Learjet. O'Sheen Murphy takes a ride, and Michael Bell trains it. As I say, we backed him last week. He was around about 50 to 1 in uh, in a race where it was run by Champanelli, with uh, Frankie actually finished second, but won the race in the stewards' room. Now, the thing to note is the Learjet completely missed a break in that race. 
Um, obviously, with 15 runners and having to weave through the field over a short trip, it's an ideal. But he was only beaten eight lengths in total, and having to come from a place where he's not accustomed to being off the pace, there he's a running sort of type, and he, he likes to be up on the pace, and he he runs that way. So he ran very well trying to get beat eight lengths by Champanelli in in that race at Royal Ascot last week. Now this fella's priced up at around about 14 to one with Bet Victor at the moment. And the thing to note is, because he's only a three-year-old, he gets a nine-pound age allowance in this race. So, like, taking nine pound off his back and uh, hoping he don't miss the break, he's going to be there, thereabouts at the end of the race. And again, again, another big price at fourteen to one. So that's what we got for you for the weekend, mate. So hopefully we'll uh, have a fair few uh, shouts and screams at some of the big price ones as they're racing through. But as I say, the day's bank bet and get get all your money on that one is magician. He'll cover your each way bets on the big price ones and uh, see where we go from there. Excellent, Michael. Uh, Michael, David, I should say. Um, great stuff. Keep it coming, mate. Yeah, another little thing just to put out to the listeners. Uh, obviously, you're aware that I'm into pigeon racing. Now, last yeah. weekend, there was thousands upon thousands of pigeons get lost from races all around the UK. Yeah. Uh, there was a solar flare or something from the sun went off and affected the Earth's magnetic shield, which uh, the pigeons used to find their way home. Now, they're, they're expecting around about 10,000 pigeons to have been lost last weekend. Right. Now, fortunately, we haven't got any missing here. But I've been driving all around Somerset all week long, picking up lost racing pigeons for people. So if any of the listeners with pigeons that are in their garden lost and lost their bedrooms, uh, if they can get in contact with us and uh, we can get them back to their rightful owners. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, if they, <clears throat> if they send an email to info at threevalleysradio.com, we will pass it on to Dave and get something sorted out for them. Wonderful. Well, thanks a lot for that, mate. Okay, no worries. Thanks, Dave. We'll speak to you next week, yeah, mate. Will do. Thank you. And now it's time to catch up with the cheeky chappy, none other than Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin. A little bit cloudy down good. here in Somerset this morning. What's it like with you? <clears throat> well, I suppose you're always in a bit of a cloud down there over the top of your head, isn't there? Really? Oh. But, um, yeah. No, no, it's nice and bright and sunny over mine. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Go on, have them all. <laughs> no, I'll be really, no, I'll be really honest. Um, that was just a joke. It is pretty moderate weather here. I, mean, yeah. I can't believe the weather's like it, can you? I looked at the forecast just now because I'm going to Newcastle on Saturday, driving up there from where I live near Wantish. And um, and it says between 11 and 15, cloudy and rain. I mean, that meeting normally is just in bright sunshine. It's yeah. just... I can't, I can't get over this weather, can you? It's rubbish, isn't it, really? It really is rubbish. But what can you do? I mean, we don't control the weather, unfortunately, so we've just got to put up with it, haven't we? Exactly. Exactly. But, but it is, it is a go. bit of a bore. I agree, though. Real bore, but there we are. It's life at the bottom, as they say. Mm. Right, well, got good racing, anyhow. That's one thing we have got for, for um, yeah. Saturday, should I say. Some nice racing to choose from. Right. And you're going to new new market first, I gather. I think we'll have a look at new market first. And um, I see, uh, I see Adam Kirby's um, teaming up with uh, Charlie Appleby because, of course, um, William Buick's out in Ireland, and I think probably James Doyle is as well. 
So, uh, so no better jockey than Kirby when you got your money down. He rides something called National Dance. I don't normally back two year olds first time out, but this is a maiden Phillies race where none of them had a run. So, you know, someone's got to win it. And I would say that um, National Dance, Adam Kirby rides as a half sister to a couple of pretty smart animals, uh, nicely bred, being by Dabawi, of a mare by New Approach. I would say that she would win the first national dance number seven in the one o'clock at Newmarket. Okay. And I think we'll have a look at the next race here at um, Newmarket. And that is the one. What's the second race time? 135. Um, 135, yeah. There's a horse of um, Roger Charlton's that's, uh, that won as a two year old first time out at Newbury. So when one of Rogers wins first time out, they're normally quite good. And then it won it, it was second at Newbury in May. And then it was second on the all weather um at Kempton. But it's pretty nicely bred. It's uh, it's uh, first fold the dam is a sister the showcasing Bavardia, Comancho, uh, some really nice horses. Got a hood on for the first time, I'd say that win. Oh Do- Doyle does ride that actually, so James Doyle rides that, and yeah. uh, it's called the Held in the one thirty-five there. But of course, you've New, you've missed New one obvious horse in there, haven't you? I mean, you're always doing it. Oh God, goodness oh, no. me! Oh, no. One of the hot to trot, so, ah, yeah. hot to trotter. One small oh, step. Yeah. One small step. Well, it looks to me like I'll have to take one or two larger steps to win this. I'd say. Yeah, um, certainly um, flatters to deceive so far, but uh, we're living in hope. Yes, it's one one race from yeah. Did win at Yarmouth. Yeah, that's up near the seaside. It it wasn't second at Newmarket. One at Yarmouth. Yeah, well, best of luck. Um, I'm not saying it can't win. I'm just saying that um, I think it's got a little bit to do. Yeah, well, I don't disagree with you on that. To be honest, um, it seems to that there's two or three of them we've got at the moment. They seem to be flattering to deceive, but. Uh, I suppose it takes time sometimes to get them up to that right level. So, <coughs> you know, we just... It does. Horses aren't machines, you know, and so it just takes a little while sometimes to get them, get them on up and, you know, get... Some horses just take a long time to sort of come to themselves, really. Mm. And, uh, you know, I would say that's probably one of them, I'd say. Mm. Yeah. Anyhow, on to the uh, new market, on to the um, Fred Archer stakes. Remember Fred Archer? I suppose you probably do. Was that the bloke on the on the radio? <clears throat> Fred Archer. No, that's not. That's the the Archers, not Fred Archer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is a Fred on the Archers. Uh, I don't think. Anyhow, Fred Archer, great jockey back in uh, the day in Newmarket. Um, there's a race run in his memory, and there's a horse called Logician from the John and Thalia Constant Stable. I'd say that will win. It's about eleven to eight. Not the biggest price, but. It was third at Newbury on Sunday run this year. That was on very soft ground. I'd say it will win the 240 at Newmarket. Okay. Uh, Newmarket have got um, seven race programme today. Um, real, really good racing up there as well. The next race is a very difficult looking handicap, so I'm going to give that a body swerve. Um, and then I've got a Phillies handicap. Don't like Phillies handicaps because Phillies can be a bit temperamental sometimes and... Um, you never know which sort of mood they're going to turn up in. Um, so I'm going to give Newmarket a miss now, and I'm going to move on 
to our ne- our next meeting that we're going to cover for Saturday's racing. Um, AD, if that's right with you, and I'm going to go from Newmarket down to Chester. Now, I should have been at Chester today looking after some hospitality box um, or two. And uh, for a good mate of mine, Stephen Merry, is entertaining there today. But instead, I've got to go to Newcastle. So I've got, um, I've got, uh, do you remember Andrew Thornton, great jump jockey? I do. Retired that many years ago, a couple of three years ago. Anyhow, he's going to drive down from Sedgefield, which is just... So, so Sedgefield, that's where, of course, Andrew Thornton lives up that area but he's coming down to do chester i'm going up to do newcastle but there we are uh anyhow good racing at chester i think the first race would be won by one of andrew boardings who was the you know is the leading trainer at royal ascot last week in that sunset salute it won here the time before uh the ground's similar it's got an okay draw and five um i like horses that have won on the track i'd say you take the beating and it's called sunset salute in the 210 at chester Ah, off to the uh, 245. I tell you what, this is a funny old track, Chester. You need horses that are lowly drawn. They got a right bit of toe. They're going to come out the stores and take off like their backsides on fire. That's the type of horse you want here. And um, yeah, it's an interesting little race, this one. And I think that. Um, Richard Fahey could win it here with a horse called Gabriel the Devil. He won it with Gabriel the Saint last year for Marwan Kukash, and this one runs today. He's um, about a six to one shot. Gabriel the Devil comes out of stall one in our 245 at Chester. Okay. National Racehorse Week, that's what we're into. So, I mean, they do do this for the benefit of everybody's health i suppose they talk about racing welfare and um, national race a week and everything because there's so many people with the aunties that just think it's cruel sport but i can promise anybody that um looking after horses certainly in racing they get looked after better than i do and um you know the most horses that have been turned out, especially this last few nights in the horrible rain, sodden paddocks, getting sore hills, stood in mud and water and not very warm and not getting a lot of grub, oh, a lot just, of them. Just uh, let me go and get my violin a minute, please. Hang on. <laughs> yes, can you get a violin? <laughs> and a box yeah. of tissues. Box of tissues, that's what you need when I start talking about the horses. Yeah. So, there we go. Anyhow, no, I think um, they get looked after beautifully, so... We'll go from there. Right, on to the um, bum, 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 bum. the 355 at Chester. Uh, Safi Osborne is getting a few nice rides, and she rides a horse for Ed Walker called Kotai Hero. Um, and it's owned by Chai Un Fred Ma. Beautiful British and name. Fred. Yeah, lovely British name. Somerset, he comes to mind. <laughs> and... Um, Kotai Hero, owned by Chi Un Fred Ma, trained by Ed Walker. I think that'll win the 355 uh, there at Chester. Um, mile and four, the next race, though, the draw's not quite so important. Um, what wins it? Well, I've got a feeling this race will go towards called King's Castle, trained by Joseph Stewart. 
It was second last time out at Salisbury, uh, beaten three lengths, but in quite a good race. Is not a bad type of horse, this, um, formerly trained by Haggis. Um, I think the stay will probably bought the horse they paid. What well, they paid for him, that's about 25 grand or something. Uh, but yeah, I think he will go close to winning King's Castle in the uh, 4.30 there at, um, at Chester. Yeah. Uh, what else wins there? What else wins? There? I think it's hard to be honest. Um, now I'm going to pull stumps here at Chester, and we're going to move on. I've found a few horses there. They're the only ones that I really fancy, and um, we're going to move on, Aid, if that's okay. We'll go mm-hmm. to Royal Windsor, where Her Majesty the Queen will probably be residing in Windsor uh, Castle, and um, I don't know if she's got any runners there or not. But um, in the first race, it's called the Sharon Taylor, Will You Marry Me? Handicap. So she's obviously proposing to someone here yeah. uh, in our, for our first race. But it looks a blooming tricky. Uh, it looks quite a tricky race. I hope she's not as tricky as the race looks uh, <laughs> because maybe, maybe it won't happen. I don't know. But um, it, it's, there's a horse called Majestic Dawn that could run quite well. Um, and it's uh, it's trained by um, Paul Cole. Uh, McDonald rides it. It's got a bit of form last year. Quite likely race. We'll have a chance each way. Majestic Dawn, number one in the first race at um, at uh, wherever it is. Windsor, all Windsor. Such a lovely track, Windsor. It really is. It's the greatest track to go racing. If you've never been racing before, and you think, right, let's go racing, take a couple of friends, your wife or you know, whoever else it might be, go to Royal Windsor because it is a cracking car, uh, it's a cracking race course. Three o'clock there, I'm going to move on to Philly's condition race. Ooh, there's um, one or two quite nice ones in this. Um, and on ratings, really, it should go to what's called canonized, um, to be perfectly honest. And I think that's the one that will win it in the three o'clock. Canonized. Trained by Haggis, ridden by Schumark. Um, the other horses that I fancy here are as follows. Um, there's there's one of the big races of the day there to, today, to be honest. It's called the um, it's a listed race. It's called the Midsummer Stakes, and uh, it's quite a, it's quite quite a good race actually. You know, decent prize money and everything. And uh, Martin Dwyer rides for Andrew Boarding here, also called Bounce the Blues. Wouldn't be the biggest surprise if that one came right. He meets top rank. He was fifth in first time out this year. Um, but I, I think he's got a good chance of uh, winning our three thirty-five there at Windsor. Bounce the Blues for Martin Dwyer and Andrew Boarding. We've also um, got a pretty tricky handicap the next race at uh, 4.10. I'm going to give that one a miss. And then we got another stakes race um, at 4.45. And I'm just looking just to see if a couple of horses I looked at a little earlier in the week to see if they turn up. No, they're not turning up. So I'm going to kick Windsor into touch um, and move on, uh, Aid, if you don't mind, for Saturday's racing. I'm going to probably move from there to... Newcastle. How about that? Have you ever been to Newcastle? Uh, I've been to Newcastle Airport, funnily enough, uh, and then a bus have, ride to a hotel from there. 
Really? What were you on? One of those stag do's? No, no, football. We we, we, we were playing Hartlepool oh, United that particular week and we actually flew up to Newcastle. Uh, only only oh. ever happened once at Yeovil and that was the time we did it. it well, I'm blowed. I thought... Go on. It didn't really gain us very much because by the time you got up, got to Bristol to get the flight from Bristol and then you flew to Newcastle and then you would get off of Newcastle, get on the bus and go back to Hartlepool... It was. It seemed to take yeah. almost as long as it would have taken on a bus, to be honest. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've done that a few times. I thought you were so because I tell you what they do have up at the north uh, north east is they have a lot of you know stag and hen nights, uh, especially hen nights. Often I go up on the plane to Newcastle, and um, you know there's a lot of women with all their sort of mm. pink sort of feathers in there and t-shirts on and stuff. I thought maybe you were a strippergram or something mm. like that back in the younger days, and that's the reason you're in Newcastle. They they couldn't afford me. That was the problem. You know, I was such oh. a, such a star act that it, you know I didn't yeah. do it for nothing. Naturally, you no, don't no. Char- charge a bit, Absolutely. and of course they couldn't afford me. Absolutely. So, you know, well, the end of that. Oh my God! No, oh, well, no surprise, no surprise. No, right. No. Well, uh, no, I am. I I looked at flights this week, and I just bring Mary in here because I'm Mary for a week. She'll be saying, "What are you doing driving all the way up there?" She'll be worried, but um, I'll give her a ring on the way up. But I normally fly up, but I left it a bit late, and I thought I'd look up the flights for Newcastle. Um, I think the cheapest flight return was about 732 quid. Oh, um, bloody hell, was it? Yeah, I mean, you can get cheap ones if you book miles in advance, but, um, mm. yeah, it was quite expensive. Quite expensive. So there we go, so I'm going to drive up. Anyhow, first race on the card is a... Looks a bit a bit of a belter, really. And to be honest, there's not many horses that can really uh, carry a penalty, give the weight away when they're, you know, running for the first time over uh, over the uh, distances here in two-year-old races. But I think there's quite um, a useful horse um, in the making um, from the stable of. Uh, Ed Walker's, and it runs in the first race. It's called King Board Star. I only won at Bath the other day, a little maiden another stakes race there, but it didn't half win well. And um, it's, uh, I think it's probably okay. So that's the horse that I'm going to, uh, to go for. And to be honest, on the day, a horse called um, uh, Vertiguous, it beat. And that came out and ran in the Queen Mary and was only beaten four lengths. So I think the four looks pretty good. So that's my first selection at Bath, in the, at Bath, should I say, Newcastle, in the 115. Um, that's a horse of Ed Walker's, ridden by um, Edward Drake, Great Treks, and that's King Board Star. Okay. Yeah, no, I love Newcastle. It's a blooming good track, but it is quite a long way up. I would... Um, I would quite like a driver. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't got one, so uh, just have to keep the eyes open and keep pedalling on. Um, right, second race looks far too hard for me. Um, it really does look a little bit trick tricks. Um, let's have a look. One horse that slightly interests me in the race, on a bit of its last year form, is called Society Lion. Um, this was a Judnall horse Sir Michael Stout had it and Nagon who had Dunlop um, they paid 180 grand for it um, 
I tell you what, I'm going to just say, say to your listeners, keep an eye on this, because I think it probably just needed its first run. But it's just nicely bred horse that is from Sir Michael Stout's head. Dunlop's got it now. And there's half-brother to a horse called Derivo that won 4 races uh, and 246,000 quid to boot. So I'm going to say go for, uh, it's called Society Line in our second race at Newcastle. Moving on to the 220, this is always a lovely race. It's called the Chip Chase Stakes. It's a group three race. It's over six furlongs. You need a horse that's pretty swift to win this. And I have put the winner up over the years. And we've had some pretty decent horses win it over the years. Judicial won it. Um, horses like Marquez, Aeolus, Danzino, Marek, Jenki. Um, have won it just shows how many work, years I've been going up there to work uh, far more than 11 winners years should I say so what wins it this time round is uh, is the question it really is a quite a tricky race there's a horse called Oh This Is Us that's looked a bit of an improver from the yard of Richard Hannans um, you've got uh, trainers like Andrew Boarding's got a horse called Chill, chill that won at Newmarket last time out, and I think he'd be on my short list, I would say. And also, diligent Harry from the um, Clive Cox stable has been winning and running on the all weather. And this, of course, has run on the all weather. So, all the straight races, um, all the short, well, mile and less, uh, a mile and shorter, should I say, um, are all run on the straight on the um, to Peter up there at um, Newcastle, and the races over the longer distances um, uh, sometimes run on the grass but um, at this particular meeting I think they're all run on the all weather um, so it's, it's a great track because it's a great jumping track as well so they've got all weather wrapped and they've got grass as well so anyhow that hasn't answered what's going to win the, um, the chip chase is it really um, I haven't come up with the winner yet um, phew, it's looking blooming hard but I might just take a chance um, and say to listeners that <coughs> could easily be, oh, this is us. He just looks a little bit of a improved horse this year. He won the Diamond Stakes at Epsom. So that's my selection. Oh, this is us in our uh, 220 at Newcastle. You know, we've got the Pittman's Derby, which is basically the Northumberland plate. So we've got the Vars and the plates. And the Vars is for horses that are rated a little bit lower than horses that get in the plate. So they've probably got to be up to sort of 90 rated to get into the Vars. And then the plate's over 90 rated. Um, you normally want a horse that's drawn lower than about 12. Um, it's a really, really difficult race, this one. And I'm just trying to sort of, you know, make up my mind which one I'm going to put up. Cosmelli, I think he's won it in the past. Um, he runs today. He's drawn 15. Um, you've got a horse called Raymond, drawn 13 from the Keith Delgleish yard. Um, it really is a competitive race. And you've got a star is born uh, also running here. And that is the... The uh, trainer Haggis trains this one. It was second in a decent way behind Furzig, and that was at Pontefract last time out. That was over a mile and five, and I think the step up and trip will help. And I would say 
that a star above is probably the one they've all got to beat. Um, the other horse in the race that I could fancy a lot is a horse called Zeband, trained by Roger Varian, bit of an improver. Uh, you mark the global storm first time out. That is quite good form because global form, global storm, should I say, was third in the copper horse stakes at Ascot. So they're the two against the field for me, a star above and Z-band for the Vars. On to the plate, the Northumberland plate. True Shan is the top weight here, and I think it's got a real good chance, Alan Kingsource, with um, Reese Clutterbuck in the saddle. So he was surprised to get the right, uh, but um, I don't think it'll be very far away. And in fact, Alan King has won the race in the last 10 years, a couple of three, a couple of years ago, with a horse called Who Dares Wins. But as I look through, uh, listeners, this is a really, really tough race. But there's one or two in it with a big chance. There's one with a big chance each way is a horse called um, Indian Brave, Island Brave, should I say. And he's a horse that has run at Newcastle before. Um, he's run all right here before, funny enough. <clears throat> and I'd say he's got a small each way chance, but I think there are others in the race that are better that can beat him. And the one I'm going to put my thumb mark on is I think going to be the Royal Ascot winner Reshoon and this one won of course he beat the favourite MC Muldoon um, well that was in the Ascot stakes over two miles four on good firm so one of mine coup clashes it was a big prize Buick Road at Freem Williams I'm going to go for Reshoon in the Northumberland plate. Now, we've got two or three more races there because we have got, um, gosh, we've got an eight-race programme, AD, so I'm going to be quite tired by the time I finish at 5.10 and wander on out of the car park, jump in the car to drive 400 miles back, but there we are. That's life at the bottom. has got to be done. Yeah, plenty um, of energy drinks into you. Oh, is that what i got to do? Yeah, you know, Lucasade, that sort of stuff. That's supposed to keep you awake, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, well, I hope it does, because I've been dropping off to sleep quite quickly. In the next race, I quite like a horse called Midra. I've got a feeling he's needed his first two races. He wasn't too far beyond quick going last time out. Um, and that one at Royal Ascot. So it's number nine, Midra, in the 4.05. Two more races at Newcastle, the 4.40. Um, it looks quite hard. <clears throat> I'd sort of have to hang my hang my um, uh, win uh, ticket on probably Bashir, number two, trained by Charlie Hill, was a winner last time out, ridden by Jim uh, Crowley, won at York, I'd say that will win the next race of 440, and as we're on it, we may as well look at the 510 to see if I fancy anything there. Uh, do I? Mm, well... One of those difficult handicaps, I'll be honest now. I think I'll probably kick it into touch and give that one a miss. How many winners did we have last week, anyhow? Uh, last week we had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Mm, out of how many selections? Out of two, four, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, six, seventeen. 
Oh, well, two six twelve three six eight. Oh, well, not too bad, I suppose. Not too bad. No. Could have been worse, as they say. Yeah, it could have been, and it wasn't, so that was all right. No, that's right, exactly. So, that is it, really. Uh, listeners, that's my little recap on the on the racing for uh, Saturday's racing. I really think it's really interesting bit of racing come up. We've got the Irish Derby, where high definition is the... Um, favourite were Ryan Moore aboard and we got Hurricane uh, was it Hurricane Run not Hurricane Run the horse that um, finished third in the Derby the second in the Derby Mojo something and um, we've got uh, whatever it's called Sweeney running there as well it's quite an interesting race the Irish Derby the Dubai Duty Free Irish Derby yeah high definition the favourite run up 13 right? Mojo style was second in our Derby it's about 5 to 1 Hurricane Lane at Appleby's uh, Buick rides it. That's around about 11 to 2. McSweeney, who was disappointing in our derby. Um, they said he didn't quite get the trip, but they still run him back over the same trip. But um, having said that, I'd never knocked Jim Bolger because he, you know, he's a great trainer and he, um, you know, he knows what he's up to. So I, I wouldn't uh, knock it. And, you know, maybe on home territory. Um, slightly more conventional track, the Curra, who says he, he could easily have a big chance of winning again. So we shall see. That's what I say. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. So you're not going to tip one then? Well, all right, then I'll give you a little tip. Let's go. I tell you what, I'll go for an each way horse in the race. Um, and it's one of Aiden O'Brien's because, uh, he doesn't sort of... <clears throat> he often wins it with an outsider. I'm going to go for a horse called Van Gogh. Only beaten six lengths in the French guineas. Um, third to McSweeney in the Irish guineas. And eighth to Braddock Flair in the English guineas. I mean, he's run pretty well. He's won two of his ten races. You know, if he got the trip well, he could easily be one that could just get in the first race, about 12 to 1. Okay, fine. We'll go for that then. That's a lot. Right, excellent stuff. Thank you very much, Colin. And then, like I right. say, make sure you get some of that uh, energy drink. You don't want me falling asleep and smacking the car up or something stupid. No, we certainly don't. Well, let's hope I do. And uh, let's hope Mary's written them all down. She's uh, She'll be cycling down to the bookmakers if it's a fine day. Yeah. Have a few, uh, few bets on. Probably, probably stop for a dry martini or a Campari and something on the way home. You never know, do you? No, exactly. Why not? Why not? Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Anyhow, good to speak to you, Adrian. Good to speak to you, listeners. And um, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much, Colin. So, that was Colin Brown up at Lambourne. Seven winners last week. Let's hope he can do better this week, eh? But it brings us to an end of the show for this week. Thank you very much for listening. And thanks to all our guests, including... Um, uh, Charlie Austin of course from Queen's Park Rangers and uh, Jamie Snowden and Rod Millman and Nick Schofield and Colin Brown thank you to everybody for making our show such a success that it is these days and uh, please make sure you join us again next week same time same station and until then goodbye
heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room No space to win in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck Take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand In return for grace So beautiful